now in the name of Jesus, God. Bring forth healing today, God. Bring forth deliverance today, Father God. Bring forth change on today, Father God. Transformation, God. And Lord, we ask that you fill us up on today, God. Fill our hearts with your glory, God. Fill our, fill our hearts with your love on today, Father God. That we may experience you like never before, Father God. Bring forth peace on today, Father God. For every place where there's confusion, God. Every place where there's discord and strife, God. We decree and declare peace on today, Father God. We release the peace of God in our homes and our families on today, Father God. That the joy of the Lord is our strength on today, God. That we will exemplify and magnify your love throughout this day on today, Father God. For this is the day that you have made on today, Father God. And we shall rejoice and be glad in it on today, Father. We love you today, God. We adore you today, Father God. And Lord, we set the atmosphere, God, as we are in great expectation, God, for this month of July, God, to be a month of miracles on today, God, to be a month of supernatural increase, God, supernatural favor on today, Father God, supernatural blessing, God. I decree and declare, Father God, that the anointing is flowing, God, that the power of your word shall come alive on today, Father God, that this month of July shall be greater than any month, any day, any time that we've ever seen in the past, God. I release that anointing, God. I ask you, Father God, that you will begin to prosper us, God, that you will bring us to our place of promotion, God. You'll give us wisdom, God. You're giving us greater understanding, God. You're increasing our knowledge of you on today, Father God, that Lord, we have a hunger and thirst for you like never before, Father God. Stir up every gift on today, Father God. Stir up the gift of the prophetic, God. Take us higher in the spirit realm on today, Father God. Let us see in the spirit, God. Let us discern wisely in the spirit on today, Father God. Let us begin to understand, God, your ways on today, Father God. That you may lead God and direct us like never before, Father God. We call forth the new houses this month, the new cars this month, God. The new job, God. The new career, God. The new business, God. It shall open up for you. I thank you that the book will be published on this month. I thank you, God, that you're releasing, God, supernatural favor, God, preferential treatment, God, to move on our behalf, God, on the behalf of the believer, God. We stand in agreement today of great expectation, God, but miracle signs and wonders, God, to follow us on today, Father God. There will be great testimonies, God, that will arise, God, out of this month of July, God. I'm releasing in the atmosphere, God. We're going higher in you, Father God. We're going to new levels and new dimensions, Father God. For your glory, Jesus. For your glory, Jesus. For your glory, Jesus. It's for your glory, Jesus. We bless your name this morning. How many grateful hearted people are here in the building? How many thankful people in the building? How many people came with expectation upon their heart that this is your time for miracles? This is your time for breakthrough. This is your time of healing. This is your time for deliverance. Let your power reign. Let your anointing reign. Let your authority flow, God. Have your way in this place, Holy Spirit. Saturate this place, God. Touch us today, God. Revive us today, God. Lord, replenish, God, anything, God, that had dried up and has been lost on today, God. Restore on today, God. Renew on today, Father, God. We release it in the name of Jesus, God. Come on, as the sound begins to come, we come to lift up the name of Jesus. We come to bless his name. We come to give him honor today. We come to glorify his name, for he is worthy of the praise. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful this morning. I thank God that I had a mind to come into the house of the Lord, to lift up my hands, to open up my mouth, and to show my God.
pain to let God know that we love him on today. We adore you, Jesus. For without you, we are nothing. For without your love, we are nothing. That God, you gave your only begotten son. That whosoever believeth on him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful that God has promised me everlasting life. That I can live and dwell in his presence all the days of my life. Some joyous-minded people to shout unto the Lord.
God, he's a protector. From danger, seen and unseen. Thank God he made a way. Out of no way. How many believe God today? He's a miracle working God. If you believe it, come on, just give the Lord a hand, praise. We give God praise, amen. We thank God for the sound, amen. Thank God for our awesome musicians, amen. This usher in the presence of God in this place. So we're just grateful, amen. And we can still get praise, God. We still can come into the place house of the Lord to worship and to magnify his name. So I don't know about you, but I just give God thanks for that. Amen. Well, we're going to move forward in the service. Amen. I'm not going to keep you long. I know your mind is distracted by that barbecue sauce that you made last night. Those ribs are soaking in that seasoning. And you already got the charcoal in the grill. Just waiting to get home and strike a match and get things going. But I'm grateful, amen, that we were able to come into the house of the Lord. And it's good to see so many faces in the building today as we have uh, entered into back into our in-person in -person worship service, amen. And I know that as time progresses, amen, more and more people will be more comfortable with coming back into the building. But I don't know about you, but I don't want to waste no time outside of God's holy anointed presence, amen. You done spent a whole year and a half at that cubicle. You done spent a whole year and a half at Walmart. Some of us never stopped traveling. You've been on more planes than you were in your, your entire life. And baby, I got on that plane during the pandemic with no social distance, with no none of that stuff. Baby, you up in that plane, you up on each other. In the airport, they weren't socially distanced. You was up on them, amen. Walking through them lines, and then they packed it down, going through the metal detector. Ain't nobody pulling back. So you had some confidence and some reassurance when you wanted it and some faith in something when you wanted it. So we got to believe God anyhow, every day, at all times, to trust him that he's a keeper, amen? And that he'll watch over us. Well, I only got three amens, but I'm still going to give God the glory, amen? Amen. Listen, we're going to move forward and just get prepared to take our offering on this morning, amen? Today is Super Abundant Seed Sunday. And I'm telling you, we believe God to be a debt-free ministry and a debt-free people. So we ask that those that will sow above and beyond their tithes and offering to give toward our abundant seed offering on today. We're taking our tithes and offering and we're sowing toward our super abundant seed Sunday. Those of you all who are watching online, you can go to our website to give at www.newcobncwc.com. WWWNewCOVNCWC.com. You can go to our website, click the Give tab, and you can sew online. Those of you all who have the Easy Tide app, you can download the app. Just search uh, New Covenant Worship Center, Joliet, Illinois. Once you download the app, Easy Tide, and you can click and you can give. It keeps track of your record of giving automatically. At the end of the year, you receive your automatic uh, statement of what you've given throughout the year. We love it. It's been a great blessing to the ministry. Uh, so 
since we moved into the building, we moved into that particular uh, electronic giving, and it truly has increased our giving. You can be in Aruba, Mexico, and you can still give, amen, and click that thing and sow your seed, amen. Those of you all who are still uh, not technologically savvy, you can put your seed in the mail, 2423 Glenwood Avenue, Joliet, Illinois, 604 Three five eight nine, and we'll receive your time and offering in the mail. Those of you all who are in the building online, if you need an envelope, just please raise your hand. If you need an envelope, please raise your hand. And Brother Terrence will get you an envelope.
Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the tithes and offerings that are received on today, God. We thank you for every seed that was sown, Father. And we ask that you just release your 100 fold return upon every seed that was sown today, God. That you will bless your people, God. Bless those that may not have had it to give on today, Father. That they will be able to give on next time, God. Lord, we sow and we give with great expectation for a 100 fold return of a supernatural harvest, God. And we pray that every seed that's sown will continue to be used for the work of the ministry and for the building of your kingdom, Father. We thank you. We praise you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand praise for giving. Wow. Well, um, God has graced us and he's allowed us to see the first half of this year. We're in the seventh month of 2021. Um, God has really kept us. He's favored us. And we're still yet in the land of the living. Amen. Some people did not make it on yesterday. Amen. They had intentions and plans to do some things today, but God saw fit to change those plans. Amen. And so, but we're here today. And we're grateful to be in his presence. Um, some real quick announcements. Um, Marriage Tips Monday. We are on uh, vacation from that uh, until September, unless the Lord says anything different. But we're taking a break uh, for the summer for you all as married couples, engaged couples, uh, your boo, whatever you may want to call it, amen, that you can enjoy the summer and be in fellowship with each other and continue to build that relationship um, as we take a break from Marriage Tips Monday. It has absolutely been a blessing to us and a blessing to so many couples that they shared their testimonies of encouragement and how we've been a help and an aid to help encourage them along the way. So we enjoy that and we thank God for that time that we've spent with couples to encourage them and uh, bless them in their relationships. Tuesday night is men's uh, prayer call. We come in and we pray and we discuss and talk and encourage each other as men. Um, and I'm telling you, it is an awesome time uh, to get on the prayer call. Uh, you don't, you can, any man, you don't have to be a part of the ministry. And um, you just need some encouragement. We need to hear some uplifting things from some other men. I'm telling you, it is an awesome call. Every Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m., we're on the call for about 30 minutes. And uh, we just have a great fellowship. Yes. Thursday night is Bible study. Amen. And so Thursday night we come in for prayer and Bible study at 6.30 p.m. And we just believe God for the goodness of God, for the grace of God uh, to meet us in Bible study at 6.30 p.m. We are back in in person on Thursday night. So you can come on in. Amen. We thank God for the restrictions being lifted in the state of Illinois and a lot of across the country where God has graced us and allowed us to be back into in-person worship and crowds back, football games, basketball games, baseball games. They have crowds in their stadiums once again. So we're just grateful for what God has kept us and watched over us. Today, um, I want to close out this series. It has absolutely been encouraging to us in this season, um, the heart of Thanksgiving. Um, we've talked about just the power of God and how you can experience him, how you can begin to move forward, how God will bless you and honor you uh, as you give him thanks. And a lot of times we take things for granted because we become so comfortable uh, in the blessings of God and we become so uh, acclimated to God just taking care of us and doing things that sometimes, you know what, you got to reflect and you got to go back and say, you know what, God, I thank you. I thank you for keeping me. Thank you for watching over me. Thank you for giving me strength in my body. Thank you for my job. Thank you for my children. Thank you for my spouse. You know, we just have to have a thankful heart. And when we get into the routine of that and get into the habit of that, I'm telling you, it will it will uh, do your heart better. It will bring uplift your spirit because you will begin to change your attitude. You won't be as grouchy as you was if you have a thankful attitude. 
You're going to be as grouchy at work and complaining and murmuring. They ain't never got no coffee in here. Every time I come into the, the thing on break room in the morning, ain't nobody made the coffee. I'm the one that always got to make the coffee. Why can't nobody else make coffee? You just grouchy. And if you just start appreciating God, you know what? Change your attitude. I thank you that they supply coffee for free at my job. I thank you that I can go in and I don't have to stop at Dunkin' Donuts. And they got an overabundance and you can just come in and all you got to do is make the coffee. You don't have to buy it. All you got to do is make it. So you got to change your perception and to give God thanks in the midst of it because they can take it away and say, you know what? We're not serving coffee anymore. You're going to have to stop at Dunkin' Donuts and McDonald's or Starbucks and pay that $7 for that little cup that looked like that at Starbucks. Amen. And it would get you on your day but thank God for the small things along the way and Thanksgiving will help change that heart so today we want to close out and uh, we're going to go to a familiar passage of scripture but um, I I think that this thing is really going to bless you today Uh, it's going to encourage you and it's going to allow you to just keep staying that vein of Thanksgiving beyond this series because the definition that we're going to read and definition we've been holding on to uh, from the Bible dictionary says the aspect that this is the definition of Thanksgiving, the aspect of praise that gives thanks to God for what he does for us. Ideally, Thanksgiving should spring from a grateful heart, but it is required of all believers, regardless of their initial attitude. Can I read that one more time? Because I want you to get it in your spirit. This we close this series out. It says the aspect of praise that gives thanks to God for what he does for us. Can you just stop and take a moment to think about what has God done? Hasn't he done enough just by giving his only begotten son that he gave us salvation? He gave us life. He redeemed us from the curse of the law. He redeemed us and bought us back and bring us into right relationship with God again. And it says, ideally, Thanksgiving should spring from what? A grateful heart. So we as believers should be in a position that, you know what? I should already be grateful. My heart should already be saturated with gratefulness because of the goodness of God, because of all the things that he does for me that I do not deserve. See, this is what we get caught up. We think we deserve God's goodness. We don't deserve God's goodness. If we would, if I'm telling you, once you see these scriptures today and you bet I thank God that God has allowed us to have a new testament because in the old testament we would have long long time been been gone we'd have been over with wiped out finished kaput done over with because it it, is we could not have we didn't have the capacity to keep the law and so God came and he said you know what it's too strenuous it's too much you can't keep all these laws you can't maintain this particular lifestyle so I'm going to send my son to be the ultimate sacrifice where no longer does a priest have to go in and sacrifice a bull or a goat or a bullock on my behalf but I can come boldly before the throne of grace and obtain grace and favor in the time of need God has changed his particular strategy he's changed his heart toward us and he's given us grace So it says, but it is required of all believers, regardless of their initial attitude. So Thanksgiving is required of all believers. So if I'm in a position and I call myself a believer, I need to find out, do I have the fruit of gratefulness? Do I have the heart of Thanksgiving? Is this thing evident in my life? Because a thankful heart will begin to resonate and it will begin to show forth in your life. You have to have that thanksgiving heart regardless of your initial attitude. So regardless of how you feel today, 
We get up and we have different things that are going on. Your body may not be, you know, in good condition. And you, you know, you get up a little, a little slower. I mean, I'm 45 and I get up a little slower in the morning than I did when I was 25. So I understand when the old folks said, just keep living. <laughs> You get a full revelation of some of the things your mama and your grandmama used to teach you and tell you. They said, baby, just keep living. And if you keep living, you'll begin to see how things will begin to change. But you know what? I thank God that when I do get up, that God will give me strength that I can stand on my own two legs. And, and that I can begin to take that one step and that next step. And I can make my way throughout the course of the day. So I, I got to have the attitude of thanksgiving. Regardless of how I'm feeling, regardless of my situation, God, I need yet going to be grateful. Amen? Amen? So today, oh my God, let's go to the scripture. I got a few things we're going to, books we're going to talk about today. I'm going to work you again this week, give you a few scriptures to work on. <laughs> it's your 4th of July. Freedom, liberty. And we're going to give the names of our veterans that are going to receive their blessing uh, on next week. We're going to bless them with $200 to go toward whatever thing that they need, amen, and to say thank you and honor them for their support of honoring and serving the country for their time and whatever military uh, capacity that they operated in. So I thank God for those who submitted names. So let's go, to let's go to Luke chapter 17. Let's go to Luke 17. We're in the uh, NLT version, New Living Translation. We're going to read this in the NLT and then I'm going to read it out the Amplified. And then we're going to kind of break it down. And then we're going to read some other verses as it relates to this. Is that all right? Amen. Luke 17, starting at verse 11. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Verse 17, Jesus asked, did not heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Wow. Let's look at this in the Amplified Version real quick. Starting at verse 11. While Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance. And they raised their voices and called out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were miraculously healed and made clean. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, listen at this, glorifying and praising and honoring God with a loud voice. And he lay face downward at Jesus' feet. Thanking him, listen, over and over. He was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, were not ten of you cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was there no one found to return and to give thanks and praise to God except this foreigner? Jesus said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith, 
Your personal trust in me and your confidence in God's power has restored you to hell. Oh, my God. You mean to tell me that I've been dealing with this issue. I've been plagued in my body with this particular disease called leprosy. I've been challenged with being in a state of isolation. I've been challenged with being around the same people all day, every day. I've been challenged with being in seclusion away from my wife, my children, my extended family. I have not been able to be in anyone's presence, but these other nine men, all of us are in the same situation where I have now been deemed a leper. And everywhere I go, I have to cover my mouth so that the the saliva that comes out won't get into the atmosphere. And I have to yell, unclean, 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 unclean 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 so I have to make a declaration of something that is upon me that I didn't ask for I have to make a declaration of something that I don't know why I have been attached to this disease and why I have to live my life separate from the things I enjoy I can't go to the bowling alley I can't go to great America I can't make it to Disneyland to see Mickey Mouse ride up and down in the magic kingdom I can't do the things that I would desire to do because I'm stuck in a place because this disease has been deemed to be so contagious that I can't be around people. I can't even be touched or caressed. I haven't had a hug in years. Oh, I need somebody to understand this thing because I'm going somewhere because when you realize why he had a heart of thanksgiving, you'll start beginning to reveal some things that he's missed out on. I'm here to introduce you to the things that he couldn't do, some things that we have taken for granted that you do on a daily basis. Oh, you're in a relationship with your husband and every now and then he does like you and he gives you a kiss and he hugs you. But here it is, these lepers, they can't touch anybody. They can't hug anybody. They can't get any affection from anyone. Do you not know that sometimes all I need is just a hug. All I need is just somebody to hold my hand while we're crossing the street. But they can't have any interaction or relationship with anybody but my nine friends that are in the same situation as me. We got the same mentality and we become comfortable in our particular disease. I become accustomed to being by myself. So when I do get back into relationship with my wife, I don't even know who she is because she's changed so much because I have not had communication with her. Oh, I need somebody that's going to really help me preach this thing this morning. So I don't know what it feels like to be in a church house and be in fellowship with my brothers and sisters because I have been deemed to stay on social media. Only outlet I do have is Instagram and YouTube and Facebook. So all I have is the technical means. And what happens when my Wi-Fi dies? What happens when my internet connection is slow? What happens when I don't have the resources to pay the bill because I can't work like I normally work? Somebody hate their co-worker. Somebody don't like the person they work with. But can you imagine for years you've been in isolation and you can't even see the person that worked your nerves every now and then? So I'm in just a mindset place of things are jacked up because I can't handle and I can't deal with the particular isolation and the now distancing because in this particular pandemic that we're in, they call it social distancing. Oh my God. It is a resemblance of leprosy because you can now have to be 
isolated for a certain period of time. Oh, I need somebody that knows the law. Can we go to the book of Leviticus? Because I want you to see what the leper actually had to go through. And I want you to see why this one was so excited to come back and tell Jesus thank you. And I love Jesus because he didn't really get an attitude with the other nine, but he just had faith to know, didn't I heal all ten of you? It's something that when I come into the presence of Jesus, that Jesus will begin to activate something in me that I did not even know I had. That when I get into the presence of God, that I begin to have a leap in my spirit. That's why it's something when you cross the threshold of the door. I just felt an unction in my spirit when I saw Minister Dorian stand up. I haven't seen her in a church service in over a year and a half. When Minister Eric walked through the doors and reached out his hand to touch Brother Terrence and shake his hand. He hasn't shaken his hand in a year and a half. I need somebody that want to touch somebody because I'm free from my leprosy. I'm free from the coronavirus. I'm free from the pandemic. And I just need a touch to restore my faith in humanity. So, so, I love Jesus because he doesn't even have to touch them to heal them. Now this thing kind of bothered me because he saw them at a distance. Now, you have to realize there's some evidence that they're lepers because their skin is jacked up. They got scars and scabs and itching and flaking and all type of things going on in their body. And I imagine that before they called out Jesus master, that they called out unclean, 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 unclean. And as they kept their distance, I love the fact that God's presence does not require for me to have a face-to-face encounter. I don't have to have a face-to-face encounter, but the Bible says that he saw them at a distance. So God's presence began to move through his eye gates. I thank God that God can not only see in the spirit, but he had natural eyes to see that he's walking the earth as a man. And he said he saw them. And when he saw them, he just spoke and said, go and be healed. Now, wait a minute, God. I've been jacked up for years dealing with this disease. And this is all you got to tell me that I'm going to be healed by you speaking, by seeing, by getting into just a slight glimpse of my presence. You don't have to get face to face, eye to eye. You don't have to get all close up in this particular position. But God said at a distance because I saw you. I saw what you're dealing with. And I believe that when Jesus looked upon them, he said, man, I don't know what I would have to do. All I had to do was see 10 ugly guys all day, every day. I don't know what type of 
mental stress I would have to go through if I had to just look at y'all every single day. I gotta wash with y'all, bathe with y'all. I gotta see y'all in the morning for breakfast. I gotta see you at noontime for lunch. I gotta go to bed at night and see you and wake up with the same person that I laid down with last night. We in the same camp together and we got these issues and Jesus was starting to just reflect and think about how being in this state could be so demanding and so frustrating. So Jesus just looked at him and said, man, I know you're feeling some stuff. I know you're going through some stuff. And he said, I know you're tired of being in isolation. So I'm just going to speak a word. And I'm going to open my mouth to speak to, listen, he didn't even speak to the disease. He just said, go and be healed. Jesus saw it. He didn't have to speak it. Because some things he'll see that he won't have to speak about. If he sees it, he knows it. If he sees it, he knows what you're going through. Sometimes you don't have to tell God how you're feeling. Sometimes you don't have to tell God what you're really going through. Sometimes he'll just see the tears. And he'll become, and now he'll become that Kleenex. And he'll come and dry your eyes. And he'll come and encourage you. And he'll tell you, daughter, son, it's going to be all right. Daughter, son, you can make it. And God will begin to give you strength to carry on. But let me help you today. Because I want you to see in scripture of the law that had been put in place for lepers. Because I need you to understand the importance and the significance of them following the rules. This is why when we were in a pandemic, it was hard for us to follow rules because we had never been in a position where we had to be forced to do something we didn't want to do. Yes. Well, put your mask on, take your mask on. Well, wear some gloves and don't wear your gloves. Well, you know, do you do this and do you do that? Can you get in the room or not in the room? Can I go to the hospital or not go to the hospital? So there, there are things that we were not accustomed to because we never had that type of restrictions put on us in this particular lifetime of most of us living. But here it is, there were laws that were put in place that they had to abide by as lepers. And so, when you become a leper, listen, you had to be familiar with the restrictions and the laws that were to govern you so that you wouldn't be put in a position for anything to happen to you. So can we go to the book of Leviticus? Let's go Old Testament because I want you to see Leviticus 13. Is this good so far? Yes. Oh, I got a yes sir from Brother John. I know it's good. Hey, Amen. The keyboard player, the keyboard gave me some. The keyboard player gave me some. Oh my God. I got to keep preaching for real now. So look at this. So when you have time, read the entire chapter of Leviticus 13 because it'll, it'll begin to give you how to identify what leprosy looks like. And the priest had to look at a person and determine whether the, the particular thing was a rash uh, or was it just, was it leprosy? Because if it was leprosy, there were other steps that had to be taken in order to put them in isolation. So somebody had to make a declaration and they had to make a particular prognosis and they had to begin to determine whether they were leprosy, leprous or not. 
So that's what that entire chapter 13 begins to talk about. It begins to talk about how it looks, how it looks on your skin and, and what happens to your hair and, and what color your skin will look like in order to be pronounced that you have leprosy. So I want to take you all the way down to verse 45. Is that okay? Leviticus 13, verse 45. I'm going to stay right there in the Amplified Version. It says, as, the le as for the leper who has the infection, his clothes shall be torn and the hair of his head shall be uncovered, disheveled, and he shall cover his mustache and call out unclean, unclean. He shall remain ceremonially unclean as long as disease is, the, 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 the disease is on him. He is unclean. He shall live alone. He shall live outside the camp. So now, you see the isolation, the unclean that you have to speak out of your mouth, that you've been deemed to be put outside of the camp. You have to get out your parents' house, get out your mama house, get out your away from your spouse. Is that not what happened when we were in the pandemic with coronavirus? If some people, if you had been uh, tested positive, some people were going in the early stage, going to stay in a hotel in isolation for up to 14 days because they were deemed contagious for 14 days. So can you imagine the mental state of a person that has been used to coming home to his family, but now he comes home to a dry, cold hotel room? The psychological burden that this pandemic has played on people has been far more arduous than the health than on that physical body. Some people are still stuck psychologically, even though we have now healthy in the health arena, opened up and allowed the restrictions to be lifted. But still in their mind, they're clouded and they're in bondage because we don't understand the psychological state of isolation if you've never been in that capacity before. So a leper has isolation. There's some psychological things that go on in your mind because you're thinking about all the graduations you miss out on, all the proms you miss out on, all the different dinner dates that you missed out to take your wife and your spouse on, all the vacation time. You begin to think about all these things that you're missing out on. But the other side of this is why leprosy was in place was that they believed that leprosy was a direct result and a consequence of sin. Yes. So when sin came, this could be something that could be pronounced upon you by God or by the men or women of God that serve in God's particular, uh, in, that serve God and, and are his mouthpiece in the earth. I'm going to show it to you in two scriptures. And then we're going to get ready to break it all the way down and we're going to close it out. Is that all right? So let's go to numbers. Leprosy being released upon you because of your sin. Let's go to numbers chapter 12. I'm painting this picture because I'm going to go back. And when I close it out, we're just going to go over some stuff that I had to thank God for. And this is the, this is the mindset that the one that came back. He started as he was walking back and he saw his skin was coming back to his natural state. Yes. He started reflecting and that's why he was running. That's why he was yelling. 
That's why he was screaming. The Amplified had added those adjectives to begin to give some clarity to his excitement and how he was so elated that, you know what? I get to go to the graduation this year. I get to go to the, the Thanksgiving dinner this year. I get to have a 4th of July celebration this year because last year I was in a pandemic. I was in isolation. So I don't want to get ahead of myself, but that's where we're going. But I want you to see that sin was a result of people being afflicted with leprosy. Can we go to the scripture? Let's go to Numbers 12. Some of y'all don't believe me. <laughs> I'm just going to show it to you in the word. <clears throat> y'all ready? Because yes. this, this is another reason why I tell you you better thank God for grace. Because God didn't play with his people. He didn't play with his servants, whom he had deemed to be his mouthpiece on the earth. So this is going to mess up some of y'all. Because I'm just going to read the scripture. But this, it's, it's in black and white. I didn't write this. Y'all ready? Yes. All right. This Old Testament now. So you, this is this is enough. When you when I read this and, and see what happened, you're gonna be like, God, I thank you for Jesus. Y'all ready? <clears throat> verse one. Now Miriam, I'm sorry. We're gonna get to verse ten. I'm gonna start you off at verse one. I'm sorry. Now Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman whom he had married. For he had married a Cushite woman, and they said, Has the Lord really spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken also through us? And the Lord heard it. Now, they thought they were having a conversation between Aaron and Miriam. They thought that's as far as the conversation went. Moses didn't hear it. Moses wasn't around. But this is why you have to be careful what comes out of your mouth. God hears and sees all. This is why the Bible tells us that you have to be careful that you're going to give an account for the very deeds and the action and the words that you've spoken out of your mouth. This is why it's easy. This is why we have to begin to take into accountability to be slow to speak and swift to hear. Slow to speak, swift to hear. Because some words will get you caught up. And listen what happens to Miriam and Aaron. It says, and the Lord heard it in verse 3. Now the man, Moses, was very humble, gentle, kind, devoid of self-righteousness. So God comes to his defense because he's humble, he's kind, he's devoid of self-righteousness. But his brother and his sister comes to question if he hears God, if he's the only one that's been given the authority to speak on God's behalf because they disagree with his choice and who he chooses as a wife. And they think that now he has this certain capability and ability. They think that he has become self-righteous and arrogant, that God is the only one that speaks to him. But God begins to he begins to debunk and to begin to change and to speak who Moses is. See, this is why you can't, you got to be careful. Stop listening to what people say you are and know who you are in God's eyes. Stop getting caught up when people don't like you. Stop getting caught up when people say something that you don't agree with about you. You got to know who you are in God and you got to know who God has deemed you to be. And you got to understand this. Stop going to fight and defend yourself on every time a battle arises. You got to let somebody know that ain't me. That's not who I am. You got to give God some space to take up vengeance. Because the word of God says vengeance is mine, said the Lord. He will stand up and take up shield and buckler and fight against those and fight against me. I got to give God some space to fight on my behalf. So look at the scripture because God stands up and fights for Moses. Moses doesn't have to take a stand and come back to mirror and error. God, because God could have told Moses, Moses, them jokers talking about you. And Moses could have been like, what? Where they at? Yeah. Where they at? Let me, let me talk to you. Aaron, get over here. Mary, you got a problem with my wife? Right. I love this chick. This chick take care of me. 
God didn't inform Moses that they were talking about him. God dealt with the people who were abusing, who were mistreating, who were talking about Moses behind his back. So you got to be careful what you said about Apostle Jonas. Oh. So now, let me help you. It's, it's in the scripture. It's right here in the scripture. I'm just trying to get it to you. He said, more than any man who, had, who was on the face of the earth. This is what God had finished instructing about who Moses was. He said, suddenly, the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, come out, you three, to the tent of meeting, tabernacle. And the three of them came out. God done called a conference call. God done called a Zoom meeting. He said, I need to meet. He said, we're calling a Zoom meeting, and this is who I need to be there. Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, he said, y'all come to the tent of meeting. He said, we need to have a conference. He said, the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood at the doorway of the tabernacle. And he called Aaron and Miriam and they came forward. And he said, this is God, capital H. He said, God said, hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known to him in a vision. And I will speak to him in a dream. But it is not so with my servant Moses. He is entrusted and faithful in all my house. With him, I speak mouth to mouth directly. Clearly and openly and not in riddles. And he beholds the form of the Lord Jesus. It says, why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Why then were you not afraid to speak against sister such and such and brother such and such and deacon such and such and elder such and such and minister such and such and evangelist such and such and usher board member such and such and greeter such and such. Why were you not afraid to speak against my servant? God's going to deal with, he's going to take vengeance in his hands. Look at what happens. Look at what happens. Y'all need to read the book. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Miriam and Aaron, and he departed. What? So Jesus came, God came in on a Zoom call, dropped the bomb, and walked off. Yeah. Yeah. He real gangsta. I love God. You don't love God. What's wrong with you? He just came and checked him and stepped off the scene. He shut off his monitor. Boop. He hit mute and he turned off his camera. What? Listen to this. And the anger of the Lord was killed against Mary and Aaron. He departed. But when the cloud had withdrawn from over the tent, behold, Miriam was what? Leprous. Hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. Girlfriend just had smooth skin like a baby's bottle. Girlfriend just had baby oil all on. She was glistening. But as soon as she came out from amongst the cloud of God and came out of her Zoom meeting, all of a sudden, she's got leprosy. Now, where did this come from? How did this happen? Listen, what happens? Come on, Sister Sarah, help me preach this thing today. And the angel of the Lord was killing this Mary area, and he departed. But when the cloud had withdrawn from over the tent, behold, Mary was leprous as white as snow. And Aaron turned and looked at Mary. And behold, she was leprous. Then Aaron said to Moses, Oh, my Lord, I plead with you, do not account this sin to us in which we have acted, listen to this, foolishly in which we have sinned. So when consequences arise, they begin to admit to their particular act and their sin and their foolishness because consequences arise. See, some of us have to have consequences to bring us back to our senses. Some of us have to go through the process of dealing with that issue, going through the the uh, uh, 
after the struggle, going through being uncomfortable, going through the challenge, and now you thought you were getting off because you thought the conversation was only between Mary and Aaron, but you didn't realize God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. He sees all. He hears all. You thought you had got in a closet under the bed and said, you know what? Sister such and such is doing it with sister so and so and you know what you know I heard and I said and I heard and I heard about uh uh that that, that yeah that one right there that that one ain't that and this one ain't that and you thought because they didn't see you people didn't see you people didn't hear you you were trapped in the closet where are R. Kelly people at I ain't got no help in here I don't have no help in this sanctified It's, it's, it's stuff going on in the closet. You thought it was kept secret. So now, listen at this. When consequences, consequences arise, Aaron becomes afraid. Because if leprosy is on Miriam, and I was in this stuff too, it might come off on me. He said, then Aaron said to Moses, oh my Lord, I plead with you, do not account this sin to us in which we have acted foolishly, in which we have sinned. Oh, do not let her like, do not her be like one dead, already half decomposed when he comes from his mother's womb. So Moses cried out to the Lord. What kind of stuff is this? <laughs> you mean to tell me that Moses has the heart of God? Yes. You mean to tell me that Moses is not taking it personal? You mean to tell me that Moses is ready to forgive them? Because that's the heart of a prophet. That's the heart of a true man of God. That even though you can do me wrong, I can still pray for you. Even though you mistreat me or you abuse me or you talk behind my back, I can still lay hands on you. You still got an issue with me, I'm still going to prophesy to you. You still don't like the way I do certain things, I'm still going to preach the word of God to you. I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to encourage you. I'm still going to build you up. When I got struggles and my message jacked up, I still can come in here and preach the gospel and encourage you and uplift your spirit. Why? Because it's not about me. My assignment is greater and bigger than me. And Moses has the attitude when his brother cries out to him he begins to go to the Lord because Moses is the mouthpiece of God and Moses has a direct communication with God so he goes to the one that's necessary so that he can get his case presented before God he said but the Lord said to Moses I don't want to miss a part he said so Moses cried out to the Lord saying heal her please oh God I plead with you listen to verse 14 but the Lord said to Moses if her father had but spit in her face would she not bear her shame for seven days so God said look I'm not going to give her years in this but she's going to have to suffer she's going to have to deal with her sin so let her be shut up outside the camp for seven days and afterwards she may return God didn't even put a he didn't put a yes indeed on it he said she may return so Miriam was shut up outside the camp for seven days and the people did not move on until Miriam was brought in again and declared she was only clean from her leprosy. So she, her sin has held the people up for seven days. They couldn't move to the next place because of their disobedience, because of their sin. And she was dealt leprosy. So now we're going somewhere. Let me show you the second instance of where sin will get you caught up and put in leprosy. Can we go there? Y'all give me some grace today? Yes, come on. Did anybody start their grill yet? Is it going to burn up? <laughs> All right. Give me, give, me a, give me a little grace. Only 11.15. 15. 
I'm, I promise you, Lord, we're going to run through it. Go to 2 Kings. I got to show you the other example. Because I want to give you two witnesses so you can know that this thing is real. 2 Kings chapter 5. How many know Naaman? The leader of the Syrian army. He had leprosy. And he went to the prophet Elijah. Because a young girl who had been taken captive had talked about Elijah. said, if you can get to Samaria, you can get healed. So he went to the king. King wrote a letter and said, look, I'm going to let you go to Samaria so that you can receive healing. Well, Naaman got there, you know, and Elijah told him, you know, hey, go on over there in that Jordan River. And he was like, man, I ain't going on that little nasty river. He had an attitude about how he was going to get healed. So then he finally came to his senses. <clears throat> he went on ahead and dipped in, came out, skin looking like a baby's bottom all over again. You 45, just smooth as silk now. Looking good, glistening, everything fine. And so when he becomes healed, he offers the man of God gifts. He said, I want to bless you and I want to I give you some gifts that the king gave to me to bring uh, uh, for the man of God as he healed me. And the man of God told me, he said, look, I, I don't want to receive. I don't have to receive anything. He said, I'm good. Naaman insisted. He said, listen, you got to take something. And then he, uh, Elijah, he said, no, I can't. He said, well, at least let me take some dirt, some earth from Samaria so that when I go back to my king in, some, in, in Syria, who does not worship the true and living God, but he worships idols. He said, when I have to be there to stand with him as his armor bearer, he said, and I have to go down to, he said, let God have mercy on me so that I will not have to sacrifice to his God, but I can sacrifice to the true and living God. Because once you get healed and you get an experience with God, it changes your relationship. He dropped his master's God and said, listen, I'm going to change and I'm going to serve the true and living God. See, when you have an encounter with God, it changes your perception. It changes your attitude. And so now here it is. Uh, Naaman is on his way back home. Now Gehazi, this joker is a servant to Elijah. He is his assistant, his armor bearer, his assistant to ministry, and to the man of God. And Gehazi, he gets in his idea, he's all thrown off and he's all caught up in his flesh. He sees the riches that Naaman possesses and he begins to give unto Elijah. And Gehazi comes up with this lie. He said, listen, the man of God told me to get some things for the other men. And so now Gehazi goes and chase down Naaman. And while Naaman is on his horse and he sees Gehazi running to him, he stops. And he said, it's all well. Is everything okay, Gehazi? He said, no. He said, my master sent me to come and to get a couple of talents and a couple of clothing, changes of clothes for some of the men. So he says, no problem. Because Naaman wanted to be a blessing. He wanted to sow a seed. But Elijah said, I don't want to receive because I don't want you to get it twisted to think it was me that brought forth the healing. And I want all the glory to go to God. So here, Gehazi has got caught up and he's lied. Now, can I bring you to the book? Because I just gave you all those verses up to now where we're going to pick it up at. Is that all right? Let's drop down to verse 27. Oh, my God. You know what? Let's let's go. Uh, yeah, we got to start at twenty-three. Thank you, beautiful. You're amazing. That's Pastor Denise. You help me out. Listen, verse twenty-three. Naaman said, "Please." Tell
take two talents and he urged him to accept and tied up the two talents of silver in the two bags with the two chains of clothes and gave them to his two to two of his servants and they carried them in front of Gehazi. Verse 24, when he came to the hill, he took them from their hand and put them in the house for safekeeping and he sent them in away and they left. Then he went and stood before his master. Remember the other verses we just read about God sees things and he don't have to be there. Here we go again. Then he went in and stood before his master. Elijah asked him, where have you been, Gehazi? He said, your servant went nowhere. Lie, lie, lies detected, lies detected, lies detected. Facts, 100, facts, 100, lies detected. This is not fake news, lies detected. He said, I went nowhere. So now he's already in his second lie. Because he lied to Naaman about the reason why he came to even receive and to get something from him. And now he's lying to his man of God. So Elijah plays the game. And he said, look where you been at. He didn't let him know, you know, where he, what all he knew. So let's pick it up at verse 26. Elijah said to him, did my heart not go with you? Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> so Gehazi thought it was just him and his boys that caught up with Naaman. But he didn't realize that God had took his servant, Elijah, the man of God, whom he's supposed to be, whom Gehazi's supposed to be serving, he took his heart with him. Yes. And here it is, Elijah was sitting above and looking. Y'all, y'all playing with me today. <laughs> this Elijah looking down on the whole conversation between Naaman and Gehazi. And here it is. He said, don't you have my heart? He said, didn't my heart go with you? Why are you telling me you went nowhere? I saw you chasing after Naaman. I saw you exchange gifts and you took some things and you said that I sent you. I saw all of that because you went in disobedience. You went without me and your, without my permission. You went behind my back and you were greedy. Wanting to get something because you saw it flashing in your face. How many of us have seen the lights flash and saw the thing glitter and saw the excitement of that thing and said, I want a part of that. But you didn't realize when you took part of it, the consequences that were attached to it. You know, when you took that first hit of that thing because you was at the party and everybody was tooting, tooting cocaine. And you said, I'm going to take one, two. It ain't going to hurt nothing. And then you found out that one, two became 32 toots and 32 toots became 64 toots and 64 toots became 128 toots. And you now are addicted to tooting cocaine because you said the first one wasn't going to do nothing to me. I just want to try it because everybody was getting uplifted by doing it. And now you're attached to something that you didn't realize the consequences to. You lost your house, you lost your car, you lost your family, you lost everything. So now Gehazi is in a position and Elijah's looking down on him. He said, I saw what you did, man. I thought you were supposed to be loyal. I thought you were supposed to honor me. I thought you were supposed to take care of me. I thought you were supposed to be the one that was watching out for me. He said, did my heart not go with you? When the man turned from his chariot to meet you, is it a proper time to accept money and clothing and olive orchids and vineyards and sheep and oxen and male and female servants? Verse 27. Therefore, the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and your descendants forever. Wait a minute now. Forever. Forever. For you and generations to come, because of his sin against the man of God and against God. So we have to be careful. So listen to this. And it says, therefore the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and your descendants forever. So Gehazi departed from his presence a leper as white as snow. 
just a few minutes ago, I was cool, I was fine. I went and hid the goods in somebody else's house. I thought I was going to go shopping later on to the Louis store, to the Gucci store. I was going to get my stuff set. I'm going to get me a nice tailor-made suit. But here it is, God interrupted his plan. He said, you thought I didn't see that? You thought I wasn't concerned about what you were doing because now you have now defamed the integrity of the man of God. You have now uh, defaced and you have now brought shame to the man of God's integrity by going in line saying that I told you to do something when I didn't tell you to do it. When I told you to get something when I didn't tell you to get it. And so now you have to suffer the consequences. And he said, now his sin and what he did is going to plague his whole generation. Because of his disobedience and his dishonor to the man of God, to the instructions of God. So now, after you've seen all that, now go back to Luke 17, because you're going to realize why this joker dancing and shouting. Okay. And we get ready to close out. Can we read it again and just shout? Okay. And we going home. <clears throat> While Jesus, I'm going back to Luke 17. I'm still in the Amplified. While Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, he was passing along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered the village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance. And they raised their voices and called out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them. When he saw, he spoke. When he saw, he spoke. Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were miraculously healed and made clean. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back glorifying and praising and honoring God with a loud voice. And he lay, and he lay his face down at Jesus' feet, thanking him over and over. He was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, were there not ten of you cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was there no one found to return and give thanks and praise to God except this foreigner? Jesus said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith, your personal trust in me and your confidence in God's power has restored you to help. Now let me help you. To why this man of God changed his whole attitude. And he said, I've been doing what y'all been doing all these years. I'm about to do something different. He said once he got a transformation in his body, he felt confident enough to separate. Notice this. The other part, and I'm going ahead, but I'm going to say this. Notice, he never did go back to the priest. He went back to the high priest. He didn't go back to the priest. He came back to the high priest. He came back to Jesus and Jesus told him to go. Your health has been restored. He saw that he was healed. So Jesus made the declaration. He didn't have to go to the neighborhood county hospital to get the proclamation from the local priest. He didn't have to go to the local synagogue. He was in the high priest presence and he said, go, your health has restored you. Your personal faith and trust in me. Why? Because a heart of thanksgiving comes back to tell God thank you. All the hell I've been through all these years has released me to the place that I got to tell God thank you. Can I just go down the line of some stuff that happened in my own personal life that I thank God for? And as I go down my line, maybe your memory will jolt and you'll get back to the point in place and think about some stuff that happened to you that you got to thank God for. I'm going to go back to when I was about five or six or seven years old and I jumped in the car after my mom pulled it out the garage and I got behind 
the driver's seat and I got and started to put the car in park and drive and started rolling down the alley. I thank God that my mom was able to catch the car. I didn't kill myself or hurt her. I thank God that when I was in high school that God protected our house that when it was in the process of being shot up in a drive-by shooting that the bullets didn't hit my mom and dad's room that it didn't hit my room. Nobody got shot. I thank God that when I went to school the next day I pulled the joker to the side and I got all up in his face and I got an attitude and I put my hands on him and put him up against the wall because he was talking about the incident that happened at my house like it was a joke. And I thank God I didn't get suspended. I didn't hurt him. I didn't do something that I would regret later. I thank God that when I was in high school that when the gangbanger had the tech nine in his book bag and I knew it was in there, he told me to hold it because I was one of the good kids. And when the police came to sweep the area, they didn't check my bag. Can I thank God for the time when I was on the east side of Chicago hanging out with my cousins and the police rolled up on us in the park and they started chasing us and I just started running because my cousins started running. I hadn't done anything wrong. I was just hanging out at the wrong place at the wrong time. But I thank God that I got away. Can I tell you another opportunity of Thanksgiving? When I was in high school, a letter came in the mail and I got home from school and my mama asked me and my daddy asked me, when were you stealing? When were you taking from a grocery store? I said, what you talking about? I was at school during that time. They said, well, it's a letter here that says you got to go to court. I said, what you talking about? I was at school. I found out when I called a friend of my sister who was a police officer. He said, somebody used your name when they got arrested. I found out it was my blood brother, Donnell Jones. Thank you. 
of not going to my baby's graduation. I couldn't go to the baptism. I didn't see the movement when it first came out. I had to watch it on DVD. my baby's first recital. That's why I came back as a leper to say thank you. Now there was just a few things that I encountered. That's personal stuff that happened to me. Now what if you have to thank God for? For the many times that you had taken it for granted. That God kept you from making a wrong decision. I just had another flashback. Can I thank God for this one? And then I'm going to close it out. Can I thank God? That when my daddy called me before he died. And he on the phone. Running. Out of breath. Jonas. Come get me. This boy trying to kill me. Jonas come get me. This boy trying to kill me. I said, what you talking about, Dad? What's going on? He said, Daniel trying to kill me. He told me he wanted his money. He broke the door down and busted the door into me. And I'm running around the house trying to get away from him. I said, okay, Daddy, I'm on my way. I'm on 130 Hall, I mean, in Wallace. And I got to get to 71st and Loomis. This is about a 10 minute ride. I made it into six. Because I had to get there. And by the grace of God, when I got there, that my brother wasn't there. Because I was determined to put him in the ground. I was determined to bury him in the backyard. That was my mindset because my anger had pushed me there. Because you're trying to kill a 70 something, almost 80 year old man. About a few dollars. You got your nerve. But I thank God that I couldn't find that joker. And when I called the police, they got to him before I could. Everybody in the neighborhood was following me. And they said, Jonas, don't do it. They said, Jonas, don't do it. I said, you don't know what I'm dealing with right now. Leave me alone. But by the grace of God. So you don't know why I thank God the way I thank God. You don't know why I keep a praise on my lips. You don't know why I still yet give God glory. If you've been through all that, that will be enough to tell God thank you. Those are all facts. Nothing's fabricated. Nothing's exaggerated. Facts. I'm talking about the goodness of God. I'm talking about the keeping power of God. thank God for grace. Yeah. I thank God that he kept me through it. It was just a part of the learning process. God healed me. God delivered me. Lord, you deal with him. And God did with him more than I can even put my hands on or even deal with it. God has a way. That's why you had to realize what happened with Miriam when she was struck with leprosy. What happened to Gehazi and his disobedience. Oh, when you do some stuff like that, his life was a living hell. And I believe it was cut short because y'all, you, you do stuff wrong. You don't honor your mother and your father. Some people ain't gonna like this truth, but this just Bible. People sit up here and say, that's your brother. How can you say that? The Bible supersedes all that. He said, who is my mother and father? Those that do the will of the Lord. If we don't love this thing, if we don't love God, we got to take it for what it's worth. We can't sugarcoat it. We can't back down from it. We can't be all sensitive about it. That's my blood. That's my brother. No, 
because you tried to kill, you tried to steal, you tried to abuse, your days are going to be cut short. So you got to watch yourself and ask yourself, am I going to go through with this? Because God got some consequences that you're not even thinking about. Miriam just thought she was having a bad day and was having a little jealous tantrum. But look what happened. Gehazi thought he was getting over and getting ready to go on a shopping spree. But look what happened to not only him but his generation. So I'm here to encourage you. We need to have a heart of thanksgiving. We need to be mindful of the choices, the decisions that we make. And God, I just need you to help me. Deliver me, oh Lord. I'm standing in the need of prayer. Deliver me, oh Lord. I'm standing in the need of prayer. But by the grace of God, he's faithful. He's brought me out. He's kept me. He's watched over me. And I thank God for his goodness. That's all I have for today. Come on, give the Lord a hand for you.
on this holiday. But before you leave, actually we got to do three things. So we're doing communion today. Prophetess Karen is going to minister a word of encouragement to you, Sister Mary. We're going to announce the names of the veterans. We're going to have communion. We're going to go home. That's it. That's all I got. Nothing more.